Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. We are in the season of Advent, just 20 days until Christmas. And I hope that as we go through this Advent season, that that you'll take time each day to read something about or talk with others about the Advent. Of course, today is also our annual Meet, Worship, Serve Sabbath. I hope that every day is a day of service for you because we've committed ourselves to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. So our annual day of service is really just a a catalyst to to re-inspire, to remind each of us that to be a member of the Whole Life Church is equal to being engaged in service. To be aware 24-7 of who we can serve. And then to engage in serving the people of our community. And remember that we've defined our community as simply the people in our circle of influence. We don't have to go anywhere unusual. We simply try to be aware of our opportunities around us, and then we step up to the plate and serve. This week, when you serve, think about what you're doing, and and if you can report it humbly, let us know so we can celebrate next week how we served for our our Meet Worship Serve Week. Our series for the Advent season is Expecting the Unexpected. And today's specific title is An Unexpected Edition. Let's pray. Father, you are the interminably creative God. Your word comes to be just because it's your word. You can take the leftovers and the scraps and make a gourmet dinner. You take the broken things of this world and you piece them together and make something special and incredible. And we can learn with you to expect the unexpected. Where others just see barren dirt, you see flower beds and vegetable gardens because you know the unexpected uh, power and creativity of dirt. And Father, I pray as we look at this text that you'll help us be able to welcome the unexpected, good or bad, and know that because of who you are, you're taking all things and working them together for good because of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. We thank you for this, and we ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. I love to hear children share what they want to do when they grow up. It's fun to hear their dreams and expectations. The younger they are, we know the more likely those dreams and expectations will shift. But whether they they shift or stay the same, warp into something new or only have pieces added to them, we all, we all have dreams and expectations of life. Trainer teacher Ellie Krug suggests four commonalities that exist for humans. Number one, we want our children or our nieces and nephews to succeed. We want to live free of physical or emotional violence. We want 20 minutes of personal peace. And we want to love and be loved. Now, we may each have a long list of dreams or goals or hopes or expectations. What Krug is suggesting is that somewhere on our long list will be something close to these four. 
One of the fun times when dreams and aspirations come to play is when a young couple has fallen in love and are getting married. Hours and hours of casual conversation with each other have been spent. And from all that conversation, the couple has come to recognize they have shared dreams or at least ones that can be merged with each other. For most of these new marriages, it may not be immediate. They may be wise enough to get used to being a married couple for a while. But even prior to the marriage, they've usually talked about having children someday. After a few years of being married, post the dog and the purchase of the cat, uh, they, they one day just sort of out of the blue decide it's time for kids. But just because they decide doesn't mean immediate baby on the way. I was talking to a friend this past week who was remembering that he and his wife and several other couples who were friends together were all part of what they called the infertility club. I thought how great that they had that circle of friends. How great that they could talk about it and find support for each other going through that difficult time. How fortunate they had the economic resources to assist with helping the process along. Infertility can be a terribly painful experience. In addition to the well-meaning who will ask over and over, hey, when are you guys going to have a baby? To all the testing and then the mechanical processes that you're in your dream and expectation would only have been the natural result of your love for each other. And with all the science and all the careful procedures, there's still no guarantee. And this is today in the age of modern medicine. Zachariah and Elizabeth, and of our story today, were sort of born with privilege. They had pedigree. He was part of the priestly tribe of Abijah, descended from Aaron, and she too was in the family lineage of Aaron. They were a special family group within the chosen people of Israel. It's interesting how being born with privilege, pedigree, can work for you or against you. In the Bible story, it seems that too often these specially chosen with the chosen people, instead of being humbled by their family calling, became prideful. They saw themselves as special. They, they easily made the leap from not just being called to a special duty, but too many saw themselves as deserving these positions. There are plenty of corrupt priests in the line of Aaron. But Luke did his research, and he says in Luke chapter 1, verse 6, speaking of Elizabeth and Zechariah, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. It is a noteworthy commendation of Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's, it's, it's one thing to be upright in the sight of God and to observe all of the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly when all is well. It's easy to be God's person when you get blessed for your obedience. It's one thing to obey God when he answers your prayers and gives you the desires of your heart. They were probably younger than 20 when they were married. In those days and in the, that culture, the marriage was presumed to mean there would soon be grandchildren for their parents. In fact, to go very long with no children being born to the couple was thought to be a barrenness as a punishment from God. In some way, this couple must be displeasing to God for there to be no children. <clears throat> you may remember the story of Hannah praying in the temple, weeping, begging God to remove her misery and give her a son. And she would give that son to the Lord for his whole life. 
She just wanted the stigma of childlessness to be gone. She, she just wanted her misery of not measuring up in her eyes because she wasn't a mother. She wanted it gone. Remember Sarah, Abraham's wife, had gotten so desperate that she gave her maid to her husband as an additional wife in order to get a child. So for Zachariah and Elizabeth, the pain had angles. Most pains do. First, there was the simple pain of wanting children and not having any. They were sure that their love for each other was big enough to go beyond each other. They, they wanted noise in the house and spilt milk at the table, birthdays and celebrations, hugs and kisses and bedtime stories. It was the pain that they suffered of failed expectations. And then there was the angle of the stigma with the family and friends and church and community. Something must be amiss in their lives. The divine is frowning on them. They too have may have believed that they they may be believing the song that says nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could. Everything has some reason. But rather than being able to sing, so somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good, they have may have been concluding that somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something bad. And then there was the angle, the other angle of pain, that they have lived upright, they've obeyed the commandments and the rules, and still, while they kept their end of the deal, God still hasn't seen fit to give them a child. I have to believe that at some point, they had shelved the dream. We want it. We prayed for it. We hoped it would happen. We recognized that we can stop and let that dream die because those days of opportunity are behind us. I want to ask you about what dream you've shelved. What legitimate life expectation never has come to fruition and you simply have shelved it? For what hope for reality have you simply stopped praying? From the human perspective, it's the only wise thing to do because from the human perspective, it simply isn't possible. But you never know what might happen. You see, it was a, it was a big deal to be chosen to go into the temple and burn incense for, for the, uh, before the Lord. First, you had to be a priest. Then you had to be selected by the casting of lots. It was likely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zechariah. So Zechariah, he's coached by those who've done it before. He's prepared. The people are all gathered around outside the temple. He goes in while he's in there. All of a sudden, the angel Gabriel appears at the right of the altar. Scripture reveals that when Zechariah sees the angel, he is startled and gripped with fear, the Scripture says. Today we might say he was terrified, shocked, unprepared for this, scared out of his mind. It seems when angels show up in the Christmas story, the first thing they have to say to whomever they are appearing, don't be afraid. Gabriel says it to Zechariah, to Mary, the angels say it to the shepherds. When you've wanted something for a long time, when you've prayed and prayed and prayed for it, and, and, and when you can't think of any legitimate reason it shouldn't be, and then you're told it will happen, it makes sense that it would be hard to believe. You've been waiting a long time, and it still hasn't happened. You're not sure it will ever happen. So it's not surprising to want some kind of assurance. The angel says you're going to get 
what you've wanted, Zechariah. Your prayer is going to be answered. Your wife is going to have a son, and you're going to name him John. He'll be a joy to you. He'll turn the hearts of many of the people of Israel back to the Lord. And he'll make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I'm a little sympathetic with Zechariah. This prediction, this promised son coming now after all this time, if he goes home and tells Elizabeth, he better have some good backing to this story. And so he asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. So Gabriel responds, you wouldn't believe my words that will come true at this proper time. And so you won't be able to speak until they do. He wouldn't have to worry about what he would say to Elizabeth because he wouldn't be able to say anything. Usually the priests would come from being on duty and bless the people, but Zechariah has to rely on sign language and get a tablet and write a note because he can't speak when he comes out of the temple. What would be your reaction were God to give to you or do for you or open that door that you've been praying would get opened if he said tomorrow or nine months from now, I'm going to open the door. I'm going to answer your prayer. Would you believe or would you want some additional proof? It might be a bit easier if we learn to live expecting the unexpected. God is not cruel. Remember, he is good and everything he does is good. I wonder, maybe Zachariah and Elizabeth would be great parents at a ripe old age and would have been too strict or too lenient as younger parents. Or maybe all the timing had to be just right. I don't know, but I like when, that when Gabriel is trying to explain the virgin birth to Mary, he essentially says, Mary, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Expect the unexpected. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Elizabeth and Zechariah thought it was all over. They would be good to their nieces and nephews, and hopefully some of those nieces and nephews would look after them in their old age. Then there was the unexpected addition to their family, baby John. Today, are, are you open to the unexpected? Maybe not just open to it, but actually able to expect the unexpected? Are there things you've asked for for years, uh, addictions, uh, problems, difficulties in your life that you want God to remove? And you've asked over and over, and you think that maybe that's just totally impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. The God we worship is the creative God. His word, his word is generative. He speaks and his very word generates a new reality. A dumbfounded priest, an 80-year-old first-time mom, a baby named John, an unexpected addition, and a young teenage girl named Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Expect the unexpected. It is Christmas time and there's lots of pressure and families to find just the right gift, to get along with all the relatives, follow all the family traditions, sing the same carols, honor this year by repeating all the things you've done in previous years, or in the spirit of the first Christmas, we might adopt the spirit of expecting the unexpected. We may have fallen into the COVID rut of what can be done? What can we do? And I challenge all of us to expect the unexpected.
More is possible than we can ever imagine. For our God is the creative God. And with Him, nothing is impossible. So expect the unexpected. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.